you to teach this. And and God is working in your lives, amen. And, and as we get to the end of this, exploring God's Word, there's going to be a challenge that's going to go forth to everybody in this room, that everybody that's going to be involved in this, to go out and get a Bible study going in your home or somewhere. And let's see what God will do. Amen? Because they just went from house to house breaking bread and having fellowship with all the people. And the Lord, the Lord added to the church. They weren't thinking about building a church. They weren't thinking about how many people can I invite to church. They weren't thinking about that in the book of Acts. They were just going from house to house, just taking the gospel, just taking the good news, telling their testimony. And God added, you know, there's been more people saved by accident, Brother Becker. <laughs> we weren't really even teaching them an official Bible study. It just kind of happened. We just started talking about what the good things of God, and it just one thing led to another. I love it when it happens like that, because you know that's God. You know that they're falling in love with Him and not with you, or this church, or this organization. They're falling in love with Him. <laughs> And really, if they fall in love with Him, it doesn't matter if this organization just disappears and this church just burns to the ground and we all leave and, and nobody comes back. That person fell in love with the King. And that's what we want, isn't it? Amen. Let's, let's get that first scripture up there, Miss Booth Lady, who is my wife. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Through faith. No. Um... I believe it's the first one on there. Yeah, that one. And when we had called, and when he had called unto him the twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Did he give us that when we received the Holy Ghost, when we were baptized in Jesus' name? Did he call us? And did he commission us? And he gave us all that power. It says. The Bible says all power in heaven and earth is given unto him. And if we have him in us, that means the same him that all power in heaven and earth is given unto is given unto us, right? That makes sense, doesn't it? And, and so we go on. And when he had called him, okay, go ahead and go to verse 2. Now the names of the twelve apostles were these. The first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the publican, and James the son of Alphaeus, and Labius, whose name was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, Judas the Scariot, who also, uh, also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent forth, commanding them, saying, Go not into the, the way of the Gentiles, and unto the city of Samaritans, enter ye not. He gave them specific instructions. We talked about this last Sunday. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go. Everybody say, as ye go. Everybody say, as I go. Isn't that what he told us to do? In Matthew 28. Go ye therefore unto all the world. That go ye is, you just insert your name in there. Whether you go or not, that's up to you. But you've been commanded to go. If you say that's not for me, if you say I don't, I don't have that gift. If you, if you make any excuse whatsoever that he doesn't leave any room in that, in that command, in that commission that he gave us, does he? Because it's not you doing it. When it comes right down to it, if you'll let him, he knows you can't. You're not telling God anything new if you say, I can't do that. And you might not be a good speaker. You might not have a, a gift of gab. You might not be able to. You might feel it, but it's not you doing it. If you come right down to it. It's God doing it through you. And if you'll just go do what He told you to do and just let Him go work through you, it'll happen according to the way that God wants it to happen. In spite of your mistakes. <laughs> right? In spite of my mistakes, which are many. Daily. And as ye go, preach saying, or proclaim, tell the good news. Just tell them. You don't have to know a bunch of Scripture. Just tell them. Tell them what you do know. 
Don't worry about what you don't know. That's just the devil trying to mess you up and get you to not do that. Just tell them what you know. That's what they did. They were new converts in the, new, in the book of Acts. They were brand new converts. All they had was their testimony. They weren't scriptural gurus. They didn't know all the, the writings of the scrolls and all. They just knew what happened to them. Something changed. Something happened to me when I came out of that water. Something happened when I heard myself speaking in an unknown tongue. And when Peter preached that message on the day of Pentecost, he had no clue what he was going to say when he opened his mouth. I, I believe that. I can't prove that, but I just know that those prophets in the Old Testament, when they were, when God visited them, He would just tell them what to say and tell them, go say it. Don't worry about their faces, just go say it. And I believe that's what Peter did. He, God just began to speak to him and he just began to let God flow through him and just let him speak. And he just, he was still using Peter's mouth and Peter's voice and Peter's vocal cords, but Peter was the one saying it on behalf of God. And so when you're in a Bible study, that's exactly what you're doing. And that, so you have to understand that. You're speaking on behalf of God. So I, I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that what's coming out of my mouth is of, of God. I don't want to insert anything into that conversation that doesn't need to be there. Right? We're going to get into that. We'll talk about a scripture on that in a minute. And as you go, okay. Yeah, go ahead and go to the next one. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely have received. Freely give. These guys were just a bunch of tax collectors and fishermen and all walks of life, if you want to put it that way. They came from every walk of life. And then when Paul was added later, he was a scholar. He, had, he was a biblical scholar, if you will. But he had to humble himself. And all that biblical scholarship didn't mean a hill of beans. When God said, called him and sent him to the Gentiles, he never used any of that. Not really. He was being used by God. So we're going to talk about exploring God's Word today. Amen? So last week we talked about that we're not trying to impress people with who we are or our Bible knowledge or what, what our church organization. We're not trying to impress people with any, any external information. Right? Just be yourself. Those people in the book of Acts, after the day of Pentecost happened and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, when they walked away that day, they were still the same person. Their personality and all, that was still the same. I'm still the same guy that I was, but something, God did something on the inside of me. He, it's still the same voice. I still have the same name. I'm still six foot two. I still, you know, not a lot of things about you don't change. But God begins to use those things about you he uses our personality. Where do you think we got it? From Him. And so we, we've, got to, we've got to just be ourselves. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, 17-19, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Paul wasn't even concerned about baptizing people. Let somebody else do that. That's the way I read that. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to teach them. I'm going to lead them. Somebody else behind me can come behind me and baptize them. Not with wisdom of men's words, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Not with me trying to insert my, how smart I am or how, how witty I am and all those kind of things. Just, we just need to be real. Just keep it plain. Keep it real. We've got some people that we're, uh, the Lord, I believe the Lord has sent them to us, and, and I guess you can sort of in a way say we're working on them. And we haven't even really, we've, we've had them over several times, and God is opening that door, and, and that relationship is there, and, and kind of the liberty is there to talk about just about anything around them. And they've already invited the one, the wife has already invited her mom and dad to come to our house, and we never said a word. So, what? What would, well, I believe is potentially was going to be a two-person Bible study. It's now potentially going to be a four-person Bible study. And that's just how God is. 
Amen? So, and it's not, I am not going to wow them with my southern drawl. I am not, I'm not going to win them with how witty and smart and cool I am. Right? They don't care. People don't care how much you know, right? What's the rest of that? Till they know how much you care. And people know if you're being phony. We talked about this last week. I, I don't, I didn't intend on saying this again, but maybe God wanted me to. But we need to just be real. Don't be phony. Don't be fake. Don't, don't try to pretend that whatever you're seeing is, is not bothering you if it's bothering you because they'll, they'll pick up on that. Amen? For the preaching of the cross is unto them that perish foolishness, but unto us who are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Amen? We're just trying to lead them to Jesus. We're trying to lead them to a relationship with Jesus Christ, the same thing we have. If God saved me, He can save you. If God delivered me from drugs, He can deliver you from drugs. He's not a respecter of persons. I mean, it's just so simple. You don't have to be profound. Just be simple. Let the Bible study speak for itself. You know, I was talking about this last week. Somebody years ago sat down and wrote this before there was ever you know, an official published book like this. Somebody, some preacher, some man sat down and wrote this and said, I need a structured Bible study. So he wrote it and it just turned into this. And he probably never intended for it to be published, but he was telling a friend about it. And his friend said, oh, cool. Could I have a copy of that? Sure, I'll be, I'll be happy to share a copy. And it just kept getting passed around, and pretty soon it, it was in demand, and next thing you know, they're publishing it. Right? So you could write your own Bible study if you wanted. That's right. So be yourself. Be real. Be sincere. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We're not there to judge people where they are. We're just there to bring them from where they are. To, to a higher place where they can be. I had a religious background. I had a Catholic background. I had a religious experience. I had some foundation that God could work with. And when God sent me overseas, away from my family, away from all the influences of this country, He, he took me to a place where He knew that there was going to be somebody that was going to give me more. Ever, ever been hungry for more? Every day you should be. You should never be satisfied with where you are in God. You should always be hungry for more. God, I need more. I need to go higher in you, God. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I'm not satisfied with just sitting at this level. And there's people out there like that, that are hungry, that are thirsty. They're sitting in their, they're laying in their bed at night crying out to God saying, I, I have a religious experience, but I know there's more of you, God, but I don't know how to find it. And he's just, God's just waiting for one of us to be faithful as we pray for the souls of this city that He can send us to make that connection. It wasn't an accident that my wife and I moved to Sparta and went to that chiropractor's office and, and signed up to get some chiropractic work done and ended up meeting that lady that we had to our house on Friday night. It just wasn't an accident. There are no accidents with God. Everything is planned. Do you believe that? Everything's according to His plan. We just need to get out of the way and let God's plan work. All things in God's time. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So it's all about faith, isn't it? You've got to believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. John 6.44 says, No man can come to Me except the Father which hath sent Me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. There's a lot of hungry, thirsty people people in this world today. 
And there's a lot of people whose eyes and minds are deceived by the enemy. The Bible says so. That he's deceived them at his will. And so they're captive to the enemy. They don't realize it. I was there. Anybody else in this room was there? You thought you were okay? In your religious experience, you thought everything was fine. I, I'm, what I got's good enough. I'm good. Until you found out you weren't. So you found out something, somebody said something to you one day. Somebody quoted a scripture you never heard before. Somebody planted a seed and everything changed from that day on. It might have happened in six months. It might have happened in six weeks. It might have happened in a year. But something happened once that seed was planted. And so we have to be faithful. We believe that God is real. We believe that this thing is real. We know it is because we've had that experience. There's lots of other people that need to hear what we've got. And it's like I said last week, not everybody's going to receive what you have to say. Not everybody wants to buy a, a Hoover vacuum. But you just keep knocking on the doors. Because the odds are somebody's going to want to buy one. The odds are is somebody's going to want this. I know we live in this. It's, it's easy to look at this world and how wicked it is right now and think it's just not even worth trying. But there's some people out there that are out of one side of their mouth. They're saying... They're publicly saying one thing, but in behind closed doors, they're, they're struggling. They want to know more. And they're waiting for one of us to come along and be that, that vessel, be that vehicle, be that conduit to begin to speak the will of God into their life. Amen? As I already said, we're not trying to win men to ourselves. We're trying to win them to God. Because when God gives them revelation, when I first saw the baptism in Jesus' name, it blew my mind. And I was in a room by myself. I wasn't being taught a Bible study, but God just opened my eyes and let me see it. I was just sitting there reading my Bible. And it was just, you know, everything was done after that. Then it was like, i got to go get baptized. I don't care if I've been baptized a hundred times before. What I just saw, i got to go get baptized in Jesus' name. Right now. And so the next service we had, I did. Amen. Matthew 15 and 13 says, But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Amen. And that harkens back to what I said. We're not trying to win them to us, to the church. Or anything else, we're trying to win them to Jesus. If the Father plants it, the plant, the individual, it's going to grow and it's going to prosper. Amen? I'm glad I don't follow a man. Sorry, Brother Becker. <laughs> Sorry, Brother Parker. I submit to a man. I submit to that authority that God put in my life. But I don't follow him. I follow... Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So at a minimum, I'm going to follow him as he follows Christ. But at the end, i got to walk my own walk. And walking my own walk is not about just coming to church twice a week. We have a commission to go. If we're not going, are we wrong? Nobody's saying anything. If we're not going, we're wrong. We're not at, we're out of the will of God if we're not going. I, I didn't say that. He just, he said, go. So we need to be going. Amen? That's what this is all about. So as you start this Bible study, it's successive lessons. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna start your first lesson and it's, it's gonna go kind of rough maybe. I don't know. It just depends. If you just, if you really pray like I talked about and fast and, and really prepare yourself mentally, spiritually, and, you know, kind of get all the, you know, cast all the weights and the sin and all the junk out of your life and just kind of get your mind clear. Let God flow through you. It's going to go well. Right? So in successive Bible studies, you're going to want to kind of rehash like I've just been doing right now. Go, kind of go back over really about five minutes worth and so that you can kind of catch everybody back up where they were when, when you left the last time. So now we're going to kind of get into the Bible study here. Lesson one, chart three, that's slide number four on that.
So I went ahead and spent the money over the weekend and bought the slide deck for this whole Bible study. Thirty bucks. Cheap. They gave it to me as a download. Now I can put that on my iPad and I got my Bible study with me everywhere I go. Right? There you go. Oh, look. She went out and bought one. It's awesome. That is awesome. You've got to invest in the kingdom. I know we give to missions and we give to this and that and the other, but you've got to give some out of your pocket for the sake of the gospel. Those people that went from house to house breaking bread and having fellowship, it cost them something. It doesn't say that, but it cost them time. It's going to cost you time to do this Bible study. On a normal Thursday night when it's kind of an off night and you do certain things on a Thursday, you might have to just give up your Thursday. Matter of fact, not might, you will. You will have to give up your Saturday. You will have to give up your Monday. You'll have to give up some money. And we don't mind giving up money when it's for stuff we want. But I'm telling you right now, if you invest in the kingdom and you spend that money to have the tools in your hand that you need to do what you need to do, don't believe that for a minute that God's not going to bless you mightily. The Bible says that the angels in heaven will rejoice over one soul that repents. Over one soul that repents. What an awesome feeling that would be, wouldn't it? To sit there and watch somebody in tears weeping and repenting in your living room. And then to watch somebody stand up in your living room and begin to worship God and begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives them the utterance. That is the most awesome feeling in the world. It happened to me. In my home. And it was, it, was, it was a shock at first. I wasn't expecting it. But you've got to learn to expect the unexpected with God. But when the shock was over about half a second later, I was like, hallelujah. And we began to worship with her. That was awesome. That's what it's all about, folks, right there. You will weep tears like a baby being born. I'm just, I'm telling you that your emotions will just, you'll go crazy. So in the beginning, God, this is, oh no, go to the next one. Yeah, that chart, oh, okay, that one is all the books of the Bible. Here we go. So, is that, it's kind of hard to see, but, oh well. So there's your seven days. And, and like I said, this is, you can't really go wrong with a Bible study like this. It's all right in front of you. The notes are right in front of you. And then this guy wrote this little cheat sheet that I printed out because he made it available to anybody that wants it online. So I printed it out and got me a PDF copy of that. So, you know, I'm going to take all the tools I can get because I'm not a Bible scholar. I know you all might think I am, but I'm not even close to a Bible scholar. This guy right here might be closer to a Bible scholar than me, but I am not. But that's not, I'm not going to let that stop me from sharing the gospel. Because let me tell you something. Somebody that's never heard this book, they're going to think you're a Bible scholar. <laughs> they are. Because if you know ten scriptures and you got to memorize, that's ten more than they know. And they're just going to think you're a Bible scholar. But you just got to be humble and just let God flow through you. Let God talk to them. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth, this is in Genesis 1, 1 through 5. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness or confusion was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so you could go in and you could start talking about the, the and God says. And God said... And God said, and God said, and you could really emphasize that in your Bible study. You know, once again, you just kind of got to flow with who it is that's sitting across from you. You got to kind of watch and, and just just let God flow and listen to the voice of God, and He'll tell you what to say, and He'll tell you to move on or stay there. You know, we all have the same Holy Ghost. 
That's not just for certain people or special people. That's for anybody. God will flow through you and operate through you just like He will through me or anybody else. Amen? If you're a willing vessel, He will flow through you. I guarantee it. And he saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness and called the light day and the darkness night. And the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And this is how the world began. God speaking it into existence. This harkens back to that scripture that I read, with, that without faith it's impossible to please him, because we have to, be, we have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so if you, in your Bible study, if you keep kind of rehashing and reiterating those things to people, you, you know, you're, you're kind of getting it in their mind. You've got to believe that He is first. You've got to believe that all this came from Him first. And if you don't believe any of that, you, you really can't go any further. So you really have to believe there, there is a God and He's real. And He spoke all this into existence. And nothing exists without Him. You see what I'm saying? Hebrews 11 and 3 says, through faith, and this is one of those scriptures that you could go to in your Bible study, and I believe it's in the notes somewhere in this book. Hebrews 11 and 3 says, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, by the spoken Word of God. So that the things which are seen, the things we see right now, were not made of things which do appear. It didn't just pop up out of the earth. A blob didn't just pop up somewhere. Right. We, we, we didn't start from an amoeba. Or a fish or a monkey or anything else. A cow, you name it. We didn't, it's not how it worked. God spoke it into existence. Now, you might have used to believe that, but this book says that He formed us from the dust of the earth that He made. He made us special. Because he had a purpose for us. Uh, the, the Passion Translation, Hebrews 11.3 says, Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Amen? The Weiss Translation says, By means of faith. You know, if you think about faith, I mean, it takes faith to get up out of bed in the morning and get dressed. And you, you have faith that when you stick the key in that car ignition that it's going to start so you can get to church on time. You're operating in faith before you ever go out the door. You believe that the refrigerator is still going to be running and that milk's going to still be cold so that you can have your bowl of cereal and your cup, your cup of coffee with your milk in it. You have, you're operating in faith almost instantly the minute you get out of bed. So, we, we, you know, we in the world, we operate in faith in so many ways we don't even think about it sometimes. We perceive that the material universe and the God-appointed ages of time were equipped and fitted by God's Word for the purpose for which they were intended. God had an intended purpose for everything He created. And it follows, therefore, that, that that which we see did not come into being out of that which is visible. God spoke it into existence. There's been people in the world, testimonies of people that God healed them, and He put a brand new organ in there where there wasn't one before. There's been people that have been healed that had a a boil or some growth on their body that was gone the minute God ministered to them and healed them. So he puts it there and takes it away at his will. There was a story, a testimony I heard about a young boy over in Africa somewhere that had no legs. And this missionary was talking about this boy would just drag himself to church. And so one, one, one night, middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, he hears a knock on his door and he just, this, incessant knocking on the door and he opens the door and that same boy is standing there in front of him with two brand new legs. And he's just going, he's just pointing. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I just woke up and had legs. And that really happened. 
I'm not just telling you a story. That really happened. Isn't God awesome? He's awesome. And He spoke all this and He's still speaking it into existence. Amen. And He's still speaking to us. And He's probably talking to you right now about somebody you know that you could teach a Bible study to. And you need to start praying that God will give you a Bible study. I think I told you this before. We had a, a pastor in, in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, that his wife and him really wanted a Bible study. And they just prayed and asked God for a Bible study. And they fasted and prayed. And all of a sudden they had a Bible study. And they had two. Then they had three. Then they were doing Bible studies on every unchurched night of the week. And he said he had to go to God and say, that's enough. <laughs> You're wearing us out here. But they were busy every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday teaching Bible studies. Isn't that awesome? You get to teaching that many Bible studies, you're going you're gonna to have to pray that God will keep you humble because you'll start thinking, well, I can do this. I'm doing enough of these. I could do this. I don't need God. you got to be careful. Pray that God keep you humble. Because it's Him that's adding them to the church. You're just, you're doing your part, then you let God do His part. You do your part, let God do His part. But we got to be doing our part. If we're wondering why there's nobody being added to the church, maybe that's the answer. Praise God. Next slide, the power of choice. Praise God, the power of choice. Why was it an apple? (laughs) <laughs> Who decided it was an apple? I like peaches. It might have been a peach if it was me. If I was Eve's husband. Brussels sprout, that's it. <laughs> Something that was growing on a tree, Brother Becker. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know. God can do anything. Maybe Brussels sprouts were growing on trees. I don't know. That's right. Only fresh ones, not the frozen ones. What was the first period on earth that we talked about several weeks ago? The first time period on earth. Anybody remember that? The period of innocence. Yep. Why was it called the period of innocence? No sin. Boy, Sister Bell. Take this microphone. Oh my goodness. There you go. She needs to be teaching a Bible study. A woman's Bible study in her daughter's home. Hope Shelly's not watching. <laughs> Amen. When all you got's time, what do you do? Use it for the kingdom. You don't think God's going to give you that time back? But, but God, I, you know, normally I go shopping during this time, or normally I, I work on my car during this time, God. And, but, but you know what? You know what I found? If you give up, and it's not really giving it up, okay? If you devote that time to the kingdom, if you give it to the kingdom, watch if God doesn't bless you with time that you need and want to do things. Because He knows. Right? He knows I have a 64 Impala in my garage. He does. But he's, he has, I determined when I got that thing that I wasn't going to let it take all of my time. I could have let it. I could have really got into working on that thing and just let it consume all my time. But I kept it in perspective. And I said, okay, God, if you gave it to me and you know it needs to be worked on, if, if I need time to work on it, I'm going to do what you want me to do, and then if you want to give me time, I'll take it. And he has. And there's been a lot of time it's sat there. But to me, the kingdom's more important. I was was fine before I had it, and if I didn't have it, I'd still be fine. I'd still have all my little 125th scale models in my office, and I'd be happy with that. Can't drive them, but it was as close as I could get for a while. Praise God. That's totally off the subject. And so as a part of that time of innocence, what did God give Adam and Eve? 
And I'm doing a lot of paraphrasing. You can teach your Bible study different if you want. This is to people that mostly are saved and have the Holy Ghost and for the most part. So I'm just kind of paraphrasing and kind of skimming over this. Um, so even uh, Brother Becker recently brought this up, that this very integral part of the, of the beginning in the creation of Adam and Eve, what was the most integral part of that whole thing? He gave them. You just talked about it. What was it? Choice. Power of choice. Right up there. Power of choice. We still have that today. People aren't born the way that they say they're born. I'm just not going to go any further than that statement right there. People that say they're born a certain way aren't born that way. They're making a choice. Their lifestyle choices, it's a choice. They're not born that way. And I, I can tell you that biologically because survival of the fittest, if they were born that way, that you'd have to be able to, in order to perpetuate that, you'd have to keep procreating so that that gene would keep following down, and it won't because they can't. <laughs> you figure the rest out. I'm not going to explain but this is, it's a choice. People are making choices today. We're making a choice. We made a choice today. I didn't have to come to church today. You didn't either. I didn't have to get out of bed, Brother Barker. I didn't have to eat breakfast. I didn't have to drive that truck. I didn't have to do a lot of things, but I made choices already today. Before I ever got here, you probably made a hundred choices of which exit you were going to get off of, which route you were going to take to get here, and so on and so on and so on. And so our life is nothing but a, a big bunch of choices. And so we chose to be here today. By God's grace and mercy, we made a choice. And so Adam and Eve made a choice. Genesis 2, 4 through 9. And these are the generations of the heavens and the earth, and they were created in the day that the Lord was made, the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to fill the ground. But there went up a mist from earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted the garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the, pleasant to the sight and good for food, and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And you know who was right there? Because you know Satan had already, that all that business with Satan had already taken place. There was there's a Bible there's a scripture in the book of Revelations that says there was war in heaven, and that's speaking past tense. It says there was war in heaven. And so God is speaking through John in the book of Revelation, hearkening all the way back to before Adam and Eve were ever created, saying there was war in heaven because somebody, in, in the Old Testament, in one of the prophets, it says that, uh, speaking of the devil, it says because iniquity was found in him. It was why God said, you're out of here, you and a third of the angels, because iniquity, God is speaking to him, I believe it's in Isaiah, he said iniquity was found in him. What's iniquity? It's not doing God's will and doing my will. Matthew seven twenty one to 23. We're not going to read it, but go there and read that. Jesus explains what iniquity is. It's all about not doing the will of the Father. And so Satan was sick and tired of God getting to make all the decisions. And so he wanted to be in charge. Isn't that what happened? The, the devil, Satan wanted to be in charge. He was, he was the guy in charge of all the music. He was a beautiful angel, wasn't he? And he just got too big for his britches. And God said, nope. 
Not on my watch. I'm God. You're out of here. And so Satan was there on that day when man was created. He was there. And he wasn't done. He was waiting for his opportunity to deceive and to mess with God's creation. Because now he was all about, and he still is today. He's all about disrupting God's will, God's kingdom. And he will lie to you in your ear and in your mind. And he'll tell you things and get you to agree with it. That pastor, he's, he don't know what he's doing. Man, he just thinks he's so smart and gets up. And he'll say stuff like that in your head while that man's standing right up here teaching. Am I lying? He'll do it right here in the church. And he'll see if you'll agree with him. Yeah, I don't know why I keep coming here. And that's what he's trying to do, to get you to buy off on his lie. He's been lying from the beginning when he lied and deceived Eve. And he's lying now. He's still a liar. He's still a liar. And the father of lies. And how did he deceive Eve? He was trying to get her to eat some fruit off that tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? And Eve said, God told us that we're not able not to eat the fruit off that tree. And she should have just stopped right there. But what did she say? Neither shall ye touch it. God never said that. God never said they couldn't go touch it. He just told them not to eat it. Which I guess in a way, in a roundabout way, is saying stay away from it, don't touch it. Because if you touch it, you'll eat it. But he never actually said don't touch it. And what did the devil come back and say? Oh, Eve, has God said blah, blah, blah. Has God really said that? Did, did God really say that? Now, that's one thing to question the pastor or myself or whoever's standing up here when we're teaching and preaching. But if we're in the Word and you're questioning it and you don't go to the Word and check it out and say, oh, yeah, they're in the Word, better be careful because you might be in the midst of being deceived. And so there's a lot of people in this world. I know I feel it feels like I'm all over the place here this morning, but there's a lot of people in this world being deceived. And we need to help them. Every, most of us in this room weren't raised in Pentecost. I don't think, well, except for the younger ones, maybe. Most of us had a, a religious background, if that, in something else. And God, through circumstances and situations, led us, drew us to Him. No man comes to Him unless He draws them, right? And so God used circumstances I can speak for myself. In, in my life, He allowed me to go through some things. He allowed me to experience some things in the world. But then He drew me to a place where I had to make a choice. And He was giving me that opportunity at that moment, even though I wasn't in church, even though I wasn't living right, He was giving me the opportunity at that moment to make a choice. And there's people out there that need that opportunity to at least make the choice. And they, they, that opportunity is sitting in this room right now. I'm looking at all of them. You are an opportunity for God to bring somebody to the knowledge of the truth. Because He could just bypass you and God can give revelation. He's done it. He, he spoke revelation to some guys on a mountain over in India somewhere. And then one of our preachers found them and they said, Oh yeah, we've believed that for a while. So God can speak revelation without our, our input. But God is the whole purpose behind saving us, just like in the book of Acts, was so that we could go out. He's the king. We're the subjects. In a kingdom, what's the role of the subjects? To help the king grow the kingdom. Not to, it's not our job to grow the kingdom. It's our job to, to woo people into the kingdom and let, let them fall in love with the king. I'm not doing too bad. Revelation 12, 7-9 says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither... Was their place found any more in heaven? Not even a little place left for the enemy. 
And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, and I put in here, and is still at work today. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And the devil wants, wants you and people to think that he's all-powerful. But if you just do the, the quick math real quick, the devil and a third of the angels left all the other angels. And, I mean, do you see the math? <laughs> Two-thirds against one-third. So, there'd be more with us than there'd be with them. There's angels around this building watching over us. There's, you know the Bible, you've got an angel watching over you? It's, that's what it says in the book of Psalms. His angels encamp around about them that fear Him. If you fear, if you fear God, if you respect and honor and reverence God, His angels are watching over you. When you're driving down the road, when you're walking, when you're at work, when you're laying down in your bed sleeping. His angels encamp around about them that fear Him. I love that promise. I speak that promise to Him out loud. Remember, God, You said that Your angels encamp around about them that fear Him. So, it's all good. I can, I could keep a Glock in my dresser drawer or I couldn't. It wouldn't matter because God's angels are watching over me. So, if I do or if I don't, it's irrelevant. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Nothing to do with the Bible study, does it? Genesis 3, 1-7 through Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast in the field, and the Lord God that the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, uh, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, She's misquoting God, God has said, You shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. The first lie. Spiritually die. For God hath not known, doth not, doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. The devil would like to get us to, get our pride to rise all up and say, You don't need that pastor. You don't need that church. You don't. You got this. Don't worry about it. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree of, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Wow. That quick. And does the devil lie to us? Every day. Every day. And he'll tell us all kinds of lies. That we, we got this. We don't need God. If we need God, we'll call on Him. He'll tell you all kinds of lies. That you don't need the body of Christ. You don't need the church. He'll tell you all kinds of lies. You don't need to teach a Bible study. Let somebody else. He'll tell you all kinds of lies to get you to not do the will of God because that's His goal. Because we are bought, what does the Bible say? With a price. And it also says we are not our own. So if you're not your own, do you get to make any decisions? I mean, you do, but... God, should I make this decision? Should I do this, God? Should I go here, God? Should I go there, God? What, what, what's the best decision to make? I, I think that's a better route than just making it on your own and saying, well, God, I'm making this decision. Here it is. Bless it, would you? And what are you going to do when he says, but that's not my will. I can't bless that. Then what are you, you're on your own. I don't know about you, but when I was on my own, when I was out there in the world, lost, without, without hope, without the Holy Ghost, I was a mess. And I, I acknowledge it now. I couldn't save myself. I, couldn't, I didn't have no desire to save myself. wasn't interested. thought I was fine. But somebody said something to me one day. Somebody taught me a Bible study. 
Somebody planted a word in me and it, it stuck. And God did the rest. Amen? We were made in His image and for His purpose. We are not made to serve man. Ourself or the enemy. We were made to serve Him. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, but for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so I'm kind of bringing this to a close, and we'll, we'll pick up on the lesson. Um, we'll kind of pick up right here the next time under power of choice and move on to the next part of the lesson. But um, just kind of rehash real quick. We're called and commissioned to be His ambassadors. And I'm, there's going to be an official challenge later on, but I'm challenging you right now. Be praying about God giving you the opportunity to teach a Bible study. Everybody. If you got the Holy Ghost and you've been baptized, now I'm, I'm not the pastor, so if you make sure you go run and check with Brother Becker, but I don't, I don't know that he's going to tell you not to. Because there's people that you can reach that I can't. I'll never even cross paths with them. There's people that I can reach that you, you, some of you would never meet this lady and her husband. But we did. And God's ordained that. And God's going to get the glory. I'm not. Amen. So we're, we need to be aiming at the mark. What's that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus? What's that high calling? To do His will. What's His will? For us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And once, once they see it, once their eyes are open, then the whole process we, we disciple them, and then the process starts over. Then they go out and find a home Bible study, and they teach a home Bible study, and then they disciple somebody, and then the process starts all over again. And it just keeps repeating itself. Isn't that the way it should be? That's how it works in the world in procreation. We, a man and a wife get married, and they have children. And those children grow up, and they get old enough, and they marry a husband or a wife, and they have children, and they... Add more family members to that lineage. And then the, and it just keeps progressing, doesn't it? In the natural, it works. So that's how it should work in the spiritual. Amen? Father, we thank You for this day. Thank You for this opportunity. I pray and I hope that something I've said has been a blessing to somebody in this place. Lord, that You've used me as Your vessel. Thank You for this pastor. Thank You for this church congregation. Thank You for this people. Thank You for those online, Lord Jesus. We thank You for the opportunity to move and to be a part of Your kingdom in this last day. Lord, bring great harvest and revival to this church and this congregation in this city. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.